Yes. Are you surprised with the speed, though, by which the Taliban forces have managed to take control of the country in recent days? Um, I was only surprised by the fact that other people were surprised. <laughs> Explain. No, I, I don't mean to make a riddle out of it, but uh, it, once it became clear that the Afghan army uh, was vacating cities or surrendering or failing to fight or, or unable to fight uh, in various smaller towns, uh, it, it seemed that it was inevitable that what would happen in and around Kabul would either be um, quick or quick and violent. Uh, and it turned out to be largely quick. Um, the, the issue to me, though, is not so much that the Afghan, uh, the, the governing party in Afghanistan uh, now is, again, the Taliban, but that what happens to Afghans now that that is true? In other words, what policies do the Taliban forces begin to inflict upon the population? Because the last time they were in charge, things were not pretty. So let's talk about that. What do you think a Taliban takeover mean for issues such as women's rights and the future of Afghanistan in the global space? Well, let's, let's take them uh, separately, because I think in many ways they are. The domestic policies will be uh, pretty much what people should fear. Uh, if you're if you're female, uh, your life is going to become a whole lot more complicated and unpleasant. Uh, you're unlikely to be able to get to school, keep your job, uh, exercise any of the uh, the various rights that many, not all Afghan women, uh, wanted or were able to follow. But you'll be increasingly unable to follow any of them. Um, similarly, if you're an Afghan male, uh, you would find that the tenets of Sharia law are going to be more and more in your in your life, and uh, free choice on many issues uh, are going to be less and less there. What it's going to mean for Afghanistan globally uh, is more complex. And I think there, there there are two questions. Will they again uh, be prepared to harbor uh, groups like al-Qaeda, as they did in the 1990s and early 2000s? And what kind of relationships will they have with the main players in their region, that is, India, Pakistan, China, and the former Soviet republics that border it on the north, places like Tajikistan, uh, Turkmenistan, uh, Uzbekistan, and so forth. Um, and there, I think, um, it's going to be very problematic, but you're going to find countries like China and India are going to spend a lot more time trying somehow to have things line up their way rather than what has been the case up till now, which was a large force or eventually a much smaller force of uh, military and other security personnel from the U.S. and um, a couple dozen other nations, small forces from the other nations for the most part, but also there. Uh, it's going to mean a period of uncertainty in that region, and uncertainty inevitably means for some conflict and violence. After 20 years of engagement for the United Nations, for the United States rather, over 
2,000 deaths, more than 20,000 injuries and a bill of over $820 billion. How is this episode being viewed in Washington and the rest of the U.S.'s uh, allies? Well, I think there are two things there. I, I keep, I'm sorry I keep doing there two things to you, but on the one hand, I think most Americans are, I don't want to use the word relieved, but recognize that it's been too long and it's time to have gone, uh, which is what has happened. And the hunt for who is responsible for the failure of policy has already begun. Um, those who uh, were supporters of uh, Joe Biden are busy pointing to the fact that it was the agreement that Donald Trump administration had signed with the Taliban in, uh, in the year 2020 about uh, departing Americans in exchange for uh, more peaceful behavior on the part of the Taliban. Uh, Biden supporters are saying, aha, there is the reason for this mess. Uh, people who do not support Joe Biden are saying, in effect, uh, you see, if we had somebody else who was more more competent and more effective, this would never have happened. Um, left a little bit fuzzy and undefined is what this means. Um, and after all that money, all that treasure, all those debts, all that commitment, uh, the United States now uh, has gained a reputation, perhaps, of not being in it for the long haul whenever there is a crisis, because people will say, when it really gets tough, who's your friend? Mm -hmm. So now, the question then is, is there perhaps a resonance in this battle in Afghanistan with the 1975 U.S. pullout from Vietnam? Well, there's certainly a visual resonance. Uh, I mean, everybody is now pointing to the couple of contemporary pictures of the rather large helicopters uh, flying over the city of Kabul, uh, ferrying uh, people from the U.S. Embassy uh, to the airport. It's a little bit different than the than those pictures of Vietnam. And I'm old enough to remember all that, uh, in which the helicopters were landing on the roof of an embassy outbuilding taking the last remnants of the embassy out of the country uh, with a line of people working their way up a set of steps. Um, but the visual impact of it is, um, it's like a kick in the teeth either way. And it's only going to reinforce in the opinion of, of many that it is not necessarily useful or proper for the United States to ever be committed to dealing with this kind of thing uh, in another country that's good or bad, depending on your position. But it's, that's going to be a permanent part of American uh, discussion now for the next generation. And that's former diplomat, and I thank you so much for your time and associate editor at the Daily Maverick, Brooks Spector.